Welcome to Galaxy Forum. I'm your host, Melissa Kaplan, and we're here to explore the creativity happening in the LCC galaxy, in our classrooms and on campus, and connecting the work of our stars with our community. Branding is our topic today, not the kind of branding where you take a hot iron and make your mark. We're talking a more conceptual and creative way of making your mark, what branding means to organizations, communities, and individuals. My guests are two branding experts, one from the individual and institutional perspective, Bruce Mackley, LCC's Director of Marketing and an accomplished artist, and the other from the business and community perspective, Cameron Nass, the founder, principal, and creative director of Traction Agency in Lansing, and I think it's fair to say a community organizer and promoter. Welcome and thank you both for being here. Hey, Melissa. Good to see you. Good to see you both. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into specifics of each of your activities with LCC and as an artist and with traction in the community, and I know there's a lot of crossover, I'm interested in starting just with a little discussion of what branding is. I said what it isn't, um, and it's interesting because when you think about making your mark and you think about you know branding as, as related to cattle, there is something about that, but it has nothing to do with marketing. Um, and so I know also some people talk about branding in, in regards to things like logos and, and slogans um, and, and other ways of, you know, identifying a company or individual, but it's really quite a bit bigger than that, as I understand. So I'd love for you to each share kind of your perspective on branding and Whoever wants to jump in first, I'm happy to. I'm going to tip a hat to, yeah. uh, to Mr. Nass over here. Go ahead, Cameron. You know, I, uh, boy, I have so many ways of saying branding is X. Uh, uh, to me, one of the most simply put is branding is what people say about you when you're not around. And, you know, there are tools, uh, triggers. Um, there are many components or um pillars, if you will, of branding. Um, and the one that most people think about is the first pillar or column of, of, of triggers, right? Sound, um, smell, really visuals, logo and, um, name, right? All of those things that when people see or hear, um, or smell, uh, you know, those senses evoke some sense of recollection of what you've remembered or heard about. And it's, that's the the feeling, right, that you get. So branding mostly is a is a feeling. Mm. Um, it's evocative, mm -hmm. um, and when done right, when people take the right effort to put tools into play out into the community, into the marketplace, um, when companies, organizations, or people, you know, uh, in ca some cases, when, when they arm the community with the right element, right, the right thing, then it's shareable. Right, that's the whole word of mouth effort. There's so many other nuances that come into there, but I think simply put, a lot of people, like you said at the beginning, branding, you know, can be thought of as marketing or whatever. And I, I think there, I think there's kind of three things here. There's branding is one thing, and advertising is marketing, and advertising and marketing is another. Advertising. Okay, I was wondering yeah, about that because to mind, me, yeah. yeah, and and I am I am the student here because I I know marketing has always been an umbrella to me. And I've thought, oh, is branding part of that? But you you all can explain. It, 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 before I let Bruce take the mic, I want to say the last component of this, I feel like marketing and advertising is a push exercise, right? It, it's something that's put on to people. And branding is more of a pull exercise, 
the way we've come to understand and know it best. And, you know, people hate being sold to, yeah. but, but we all love to buy things. And so how <laughs> is that exposure? What is that pull? What, what is the little nuance that happens? What is expressed that brings somebody into you and what do they make them think about? That's, that's how we think about it at, at Traction. Yeah, that's very concise. Um, and just, uh, partnering up with Cameron here and what he had to say, um, branding that the term branding to me is one of the most overused and misaligned words in, in this industry, because it means so many things to so many different people. And what I, a clear way of laying it out for me has been, um, a large part of a company or an entity's brand cannot be controlled. It can only be influenced. It's not just what you think about Coca-Cola, but how you feel about Coca-Cola. And I always use the example here at LCC, horrible parking was part of our brand for decades. Yeah. When you thought of LCC, you thought, I'm going to wait 20 minutes to get into a class. It was part of our brand. It's how, what you thought of us. Um, and that's kind of the clearest notion. And what Cam said over here about the pull, I mean, that's, that's true as well. And it, it, it encompasses such a broad and deep, um, meaningful thing. And it's not just visuals, you know, it's audio and, and the whole and brand equity building, you know, building valuation. I think Coca-Cola's equity is at 78 billion. I read that. That's crazy. And, wow. you know, I've heard the term brand uh, back when I, I was in the uh, private sector and I worked in the ad agency world, um, branding like at General Motors, uh, the term sacred was attached to, to the term brand because they kept it, you know, the trick is to keep it intact, to grow it, keep it intact, grow it. And yeah. So keep, keep those elements cohesive, right? right? You can't have a brand, you know, there's some, are we, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about specific brands. You know, on Please. Show, Actually, like, I think examples are, yeah, I, are I, wonderful I, because they, they create something I, that's very vivid. You know, we think about the Moose Jaw brand, right? When you, if anybody's been into one of their stores, even after their big acquisition, they've been able to keep this autonomy. But Moose the, Jaw being Moose a... Moose Jaw Mountaineering, out, the Outfitter door. store. Yep. Yeah. And when you call there or when you walk in the door, the treatment that you get from their employees is... is a, it, it, um, it's loose, right? It's fun. It's engaging the writing on their tags, how they describe their products. It all fits that same moment, right? Of, of how they make you feel. It would be weird to walk into a moose jaw and have a, a, an, a customer, an employee not engage you or look up and just say, hi, mm -hmm. you, where, where am I at? It's just, it doesn't match where, where, where they've been. What do they say? What kind of things do oh, they? Oh, it depends on what you're wearing. It depends on what's happening in the world. Um, I walked in one time during the world cup and the guy just looked at me and screamed, go, you know, and just went on like, the, the, <laughs> you, know, the, you know, the, the TV, you know, watching the soccer game. So it, it it, it's the thing that you have no, like, like Bruce said, you're, you're like, it's the, what's people say about, and you're not around it. It happens in so many places. I had a customer one time ask me when we were building a brand for, um, or we were doing a proposal for a, a restaurant identity. And he said, well, if this is a lot of money, uh, how many customers can you guarantee me? I said, well, how many customers do you want me to guarantee you? And his number, I think, was like a thousand. I need you to guarantee me a thousand customers. I said, I'll guarantee you two thousand customers to come in your door the first time. It's up to you to get them to come back. And because the brand is how clean are the windows? 
How nice is the parking lot? Oh, the Apple product or the Apple model. How, yeah. For sure. What yeah. is the experience like? That's what's going to bring them back. Because if it's a bad experience, the brand identity that we've built, the sign, right? We helped with the architectural facade material. We, mm-hmm. we helped with the ads, right? We helped with the logo and, and all those things. If done, if the experience is bad, then when they see those triggers that we've created from an identity perspective, it's going to make them think, oh, don't go back there again. I remember that place. It was tasted bad and it was mm-hmm. it was slow and the people were mean mm-hmm. and it was expensive all the weird things like that all gets tied together despite the the good planning with the visuals and the uh, the colors and everything up front it can still go south it yeah. can be inauthentic and when the, and, mm-hmm. and we especially with social media and especially with how much more exposure exposure brands get nowadays with all these mm-hmm. other mediums and touches um, the inauthenticity is so it can be palpable, right? Oh, it's social so, responsibility. Look it, at Patagonia. Oh, they gosh. almost got it rolling when you talk about Moose Jaw mm-hmm. and Patagonia and how they give back and all of it. That's they were into altruism before it was a hip career move. Mm-hmm. They are one of the mm-hmm. best yeah. examples on the planet because especially when you think about this push pull, they almost do the opposite, right? When Black Friday came around one year, mm-hmm. they shut their website off and they had a sign that said, please don't buy anything Patagonia today. Hmm. because that means you're buying it as a gift and that person may not actually want it or use it. (laughs) Talk about a brand position. Like that was amazing. And and the effort that they put into consistently being present about being a stewardship of the environment and of the globe. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, I really dig what they're doing. I need a coat. And Patagonia is like, I got a coat. And by the way, it's not on sale. It's really expensive, but it's really durable. And we're going to kind of guarantee it for life. And it's just, boy, they just do such a great job. And wearing that coat tells everybody what you're about. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at resumes now and a lot of, you know, um, job interviews, it's more than just doing the job. Uh, My son, uh, our youngest, works at an ad agency out in uh, Portland, Oregon. And the, the, the hiring process was brutal. They called it the gauntlet. It, like eight interviews. It was crazy wow. um, for vetting, but they have very little turnover because they make sure they get the right person in up front. And it isn't just about what you know, it's what you're about. Social and personal responsibility issues are huge now. Global awareness are huge now, uh, as they should be and as they should have been. You know, That's really tremendous because that means that, that the brand... I mean, it's interesting because I think about it, you, do you look at it from the outside in or from the inside out? And it seems very much what you're both talking about. It's from the inside out. A brand isn't something that you just paint on a company. I mean, but there's there's companies such as yours, Cameron, in Traction and, and other agencies that are branding agencies. They work with companies, but a brand has to, a company has to have an identity. And it sounds, Bruce, like your son, where he interviewed they want to ensure, I mean, how marvelous would that be if every company operated that way uh, to, to, you know, how there might be, you know, a whole lot less turnover if, if people's personal brands were matched Presumably, with the company yeah. that they hired sure. to. You can put lipstick on a pig, right? Yeah. But it doesn't, you know, you know, there's a saying. But, yes, I know the saying. this idea yeah. that, um, you know, when people think they're hiring uh, an agency like ours. I've been in business now twenty, almost twenty-seven years this fall, and um, you know, I think for so many years early on, people thought we were a graphic design company, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's taken a long time to build our brand. That that's not. People don't come to us to get logos. They come to us to get identity systems. They come to mm-hmm. us to get some of that brand 
um, strategy and conversation. And it's interesting when I talk to my friends that are teachers or people in the non, you know, ad or the creative industry, like, what do you do? I sometimes just try to simplify it to language that they understand from a visual or some of those trigger perspective. But the truth is when I'm talking to, or when a business owner hears about us, like, oh, we're, we're, uh, um, we just did this for, you know, we're a 57 year old family business and people have known us for X we need a new logo and the conversation always is, well, the logo, you don't need a logo, right? You need, you need a visual identity. You need a verbal identity. You need to make sure that what we're creating for you on these outside, these trigger points are aligned and match your brand associations, right? Your brand, um, archetypes like there's so, so yeah, many let's talk some components. specifics yeah. about you know i mean and if you want to use that company that's great or yeah. you know maybe a, a company that you've worked with and then and bruce with lansing community college i think so the, what i'll say about it on the surface level is that you know brands we can't come in and transform a company from the skin right we can't give them a new identity and all of a sudden they're a new entity they almost need to have changed from the inside hmm. and have a new need for the new close right and and it's like you just once they've identified that or recognize there's some discomfort is typically when we get the call about needing a logo and by the time we begin the project and actually art is one of the very last things that we do you have to educate them strategy yeah process. you have to bring them up to speed we have to learn we have to make sure their brand story that is as cohesive like what are they saying who are they even trying to talk to are they comfortable narrowing that audience to try not to be everything to everybody because then you're nothing to nobody. And so where is that alignment? Where is their, you know, kind of their brand ethos and where, where does, how do we exist in that space? Uh, well, I have so many questions for you that I should take off, off the air, but very <laughs> briefly. So you have to educate your clients yeah. and, and some would get it and some wouldn't. Are you ever nervous just handing it over to them? Do they ever have you come back to do an assessment or to tighten things up after a year? We, um, the, the one client I was telling you about, we, launched their brand about relaunched their family brand about three years ago two and a half years ago i don't know covid's messed up the old time frame oh here, but it's a, a blur a few years ago and in going into it we knew they were not ready for anything beyond an identity reveal right what's so an identity the reveal logo putting a logo out on a billboard or an ad or a you know okay. a sign so right? just a truck. the visual yep. aesthetic just the identity mm -hmm. just new letterhead <laughs> whatever their website and we're like you know this is just getting tiring we're like good okay here we go now are you ready for an expressive campaign? Are you ready to express your brand with some personality and start to connect with people? Um, and that's that education side. And not that we're smarter than everybody. I just no one. The yeah. code is different, right? The codification of what they need and how they need it and how they can best use it. We've early on we had been giving people all of the tools, the toolbox on the front side. And they just, they're overwhelmed. They don't know what to do with it. They dumb it down or they just kind of revert to their old ways and kind of paste a logo on something. And so what happened with this, this other entity is that, okay, now it's time to tell the story. Who are we connecting to? Right. Okay. And it became a little bit deeper that we knew that from the brand, you know, kind of the, the creative brief and the process of the story, but who to really connect to? Well, Right now, what we're trying to talk to are some of these entrepreneurs that are looking for this thing, right? And so we were able to build it. And so we ended up creating an illustrative campaign at that point with some really great headline headline banking and, and some What's headline banking? You know, where you develop a few sentiments or statements that they could be saying 
relevant to their audience. And then those get positioned get in different positioned places. in the right place with Assets. the right illustration at the right time. A, a billboard may need a certain headline bank and an ad, a print ad that's in an you industry. You belong here. May need Thinking about LCC else. is that a headline banking? Yeah. All of it. And, and having the... Uh, having the endurance to stick with it. Mm. And uh, my next question, I already know the answer is, have you fired clients because oh. they're just <laughs> relentless? And I know the answer to this because some people refuse. They refuse and they're just writing their own failure. It, I mean, it's, ultimately. It's so frustrating and, and, and almost disheartening in a way that when we reach that point. And, yeah. and sometimes it comes in the form of them firing us because we just don't do, right? We're not a yes man or yes woman design company. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to the point of frustration about, well, just just do this. I'm like, well, okay, we will try to get that done. It'll be in this amount of time and it'll cost this much money. So we let them self-fire us. And we're comfortable with that turnover because there reaches a point sometimes where they just don't have the capacity or the interest you, you mentioned the, you know, the splash. The truth is branding also another way to explain it. And Terry worked for me is such a great uh, conversationalist about this. Branding is, it's not a dive competition. It's not about the splash you make. It doesn't matter what the quote unquote logo is. Like it can be terrible. It's a swim competition. It's endurance. And like, mm-hmm. so it's not at that beginning. It's are you built to last? Have you been feeding yourself right? Are all these muscles? Have you been doing, have you trained on the right strokes? And that's the education that we work mm-hmm. on, Bruce, is like mm-hmm. not okay, now you need to know what logos are and how to do that. Like we talk about the psychographic and the demographic, you know, stuff with people. We talk about colors and shapes and how curvilinear shapes versus earth tone colors and primary colors and right angles. Like we, we talk about the science. We know all the science. That's what our educations are for, um, for those on my staff that finally finished their education. But, you know, um, and I mean that in a nice way, like there's a lot of intelligence that can happen in this industry and it, I know we're talking on an educational institution, but it doesn't need necessarily a four-year degree. There are definitely foundations. And that's definitely and something that I, I do need. Yeah, I do want to get to like great how environments. what, what yeah. do you um, pursue? But first, um, I just want to say we're we're talking here today with Cameron Nass with Traction and Bruce Mackley with Lansing Community College. Uh, this is Galaxy Forum. I'm Melissa Kaplan and Bruce. Um, from a Lansing Community College perspective and branding, I know you and I've had some conversations about mm-hmm. that and um, the the same challenges, but different, different on a different scale. And you are on the inside. This is your company that you are branding. Mm-hmm. How do you tackle some of those challenges and approach it? And you've been here. I've been here 25 years at the end of this month. Yes. Oh, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. And just very quickly, just for the record, the man sitting across from me, I've been to award shows, and he he wears a path in the carpet to get the oh, awards. Ever no, don't you stop? You know he just they they sweep the award shows. Uh, that's how good uh, their work is. Nice. You know, thank you for nice. recognizing that. Yeah, for sure. You know, consistently. Um, well, yeah, it is. Uh, it's a different game. It's very very broad. There's a lot of um, firefighting on very small level levels, stomping fires out. But one of the thing I'll give you an example. First of all, getting across the fact that. Um, how, how deep and how deep it should go and how important it is, how really, really important it is. Um, because many people think it's just a logo and we were approached with, um, we need to get our letterhead corrected and the letterhead is just a tiny, something that I see that we see regularly are email signature lines where it's the wild west and every one of those emails that goes out with, you know, 24 point pink brush script or, you know, loaded with the badges or anything that, that just brings it down, you know, it's reputationally damaging from a brand standpoint. Um, it's, 
it's like that. It's it's institutional for That's us. That's a huge educational challenge for I mean well, for as many people that work here and yeah, and, the, and the 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 just knowing the means of communication and how many uh, brick walls it's possible to run into to get, get messages very out. They get very very attached. Yeah. I remember when we. we oh, I better take some. Badges off my logo. <laughs> Wait till the rules come out. And okay, they'll, okay. And they'll they'll uh, string me up or something. No, it's um, it's when when we changed the logo early on, the old 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 logo, the original logo, couldn't embroider. You know, just it, and it was horribly out of date anyway. But now, you know, I think I read an article in Higher Ed that, you know, colleges and universities are dumping millions and millions into brand awareness. Mm-hmm. Just straight brand awareness and letting it sink into people. And this is another level of, well, you like TikTok. You can advertise on TikTok. Are you going to write, you know, are you going to launch programmatic advertising? No, it's going to be very, very simple, very, very nuanced, you know, at that level, just planting the seed, letting it germinate about the college. And over time, you know, it has to, it has to perform over time. So when we're pushed into an ROI question, it can be extremely difficult because there's no single ad, there's no single campaign that's going to co- compel somebody to come to Lansing Community College. David Ogilvie's one of a, the greatest quotes he ever had is, only half of advertising works. You just never know which half. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so absolutely great. brilliant. He's, he's one of the masterminds of the kind of the great ad world in the 50s and yeah. 60s. You know, Indeed. And, and I mean, the, the, you know, the difference between a small business and a a university or college. Um, You might have a more defined audience for a business, though I'm sure one would hope that it expands into, you know, Hmm. different types of of, uh, uh, customers. But uh, with a college, you, I mean, we have our customer base, but we have a lot of variety. Hmm. So how to reach them and how to create one solid brand, as you said, when, and, and both of you said, and it's so striking to me, the idea of a brand is a feeling. It's the sensory experience that you have. And, and certainly with LCC creating a, a beautiful campus so that if you actually get here physically, you are experiencing well, the, that. The, the memory of it. And yes. it was a quick example. If I could just make this The example. artwork. Yeah, well, that too. Um, but there was a project that we did um, a few years back and this was during the Dr. Knight era when um, the fire science program, fire academy, wanted an upgrade for their emblem, which was great because the old one was, again, horribly outdated and it was time. And they did it the right way. You know, we, we, uh, we evolved this thing. We, uh, we included part of the, our dynamic, what used to be called the athletics logo is now the dynamic version, the star on top of a Maltese cross, which is a, it's a cornerstone of you know, of firefighters. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look this up. And so it's on everything out there. It's on the vehicles, all this. They had a sign made, this big steel sign that was crafted at West. And it's beautiful. I mean, they, they machined the lettering and things like three and a half feet across. And we had it professionally painted. It was powder coated, beautiful. Sits on a wall. Great. Come to find out, all the cadets had their uh, portraits taken in front of it. That was never planned. It's just that cool looking. It's glossy automotive paint. So every cadet's having their picture taken in front of this this emblem and thinking about how often that emblem is going to be seen on social media, in pictures, in family rooms, in fire station offices. And as that grows, um, it's for a sub-brand of the college, it was extremely compelling when you think, especially with generational career paths like fire science, 
there could be a student in the future whose mom or dad stood right in front of that wow. or aunt or uncle or whomever stood in front of that very same thing. That's really powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. You know what, guys? I We are going to run out of time before we can cover everything that we want to. And I want to I want to make sure we have a little bit of time to talk both, Bruce, uh, about individual branding, you as an artist, and Cameron about the community. So let's, can we talk briefly about what does it mean to, to try and brand a community? I know you've been really involved, Cameron, with the Lansing yeah. area. I, I want to say one more thing. I'd rather okay. take this time and, and <laughs> leak into that. And, and what Bruce was alluding to is this thought of erosion, right, or consistency. And trust is only built through consistency, period. And when somebody sends out oh, this is my favorite email font, you know, and they send out a signature in that, it undermines that gorgeous wall piece. It undermines the effort that you guys have spent money on as an institution. And so people need to remove their personal likes and dislikes and let the institution or organization or whatever it is have a voice that is the collective agreed upon voice and that contract to the community good housekeeping. trust. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just smart. Big organizations do it. Small businesses should do it. That that brand consistency is one of the most important things about a brand, whether it's consistently cheap looking or consistently fancy or whatever the. That's a wonderful thing to educate employees. And it just makes me think that that, you know, part of uh, a new employee orientation, it would be great to be able to say not from the perspective of don't do this, don't do this. You Look must at the do value this. value of representing exactly. us as a collective whole and that your coworker down the hall in that department, if you put a yeah. pink and then that helps you. it undermines the value of what there are people right. are learning here. That helps so. you then be part of the oh, community yes. too in yeah. a really big way. You know what I'm going to jump to real quick? Um, I want to talk about just for a minute, what opportunities are there for students who might be getting associate degrees in marketing. Um, we at LCC don't have a specific class in branding, but what if they, what if they're like, I want to work in this, what should they do next? Uh, I've never hired anybody who had a branding degree. Okay. That's not how it works. Um, and that's okay. Right. So, um, I would, my voice from the outside is that these students need to be preparing themselves for as many real world examples as they can muster and aligning themselves with people in the industry. Show up at, show up at, um, you know, networking yep. things, right? Show up at events, um, volunteer with organizations, uh, be it nonprofits or community organizations, right. and and be a part of the team. Soak understand the language, understand the conversation. So like being part of American Marketing done. Association every if you're a business student. Every little thing that you can do, every relationship you can make will pay dividends in the future. You never know where those people are going to move to. You never know what they're going to know, what opportunity they're going to have. Um, and when Bruce's son was looking for a role, you know, reached out to me and I knew him through Bruce, but I also knew him through, I saw him present in the community at these community events and he worked his way into an opportunity on the other side of the country at a really respectable place. And like kudos for him because he built, he built the language. He knew how to talk to talk. He knew the stuff versus working at a non relevant role. And then, well, here's my resume. Cause I'll be honest with you. Anybody who owns an agency doesn't care what a resume says. You send me your portfolio or let's talk to talk. And if it sounds like you've got the goods and you can have the conversation, well, let's chat. Let's, let's now see if you can join the team. And that's how this industry works. Creative thinking and inquisitiveness go a long way. And that's all I would add to what that man just said. You know, and one thing I did want to touch on very quickly is the placebo effect. Are we running out of time? 
placebo effect. <laughs> placebo effect. A number of years. Thirty ago, seconds. A number of years ago, there was a, a broad study done with branding, the the effectiveness of of branding, and they did this across a number of products, tennis rackets, for example. Um, people were paired up with branded and non branded tennis rackets. The branded tennis rackets, the the scores were higher with the ones that said Nike on it. Wow. And the real trip is, they told them, and the scores were still higher. Huh. So that is part of what effective branding makes us feel we, you know it you wear a certain type of cologne or clothing and you feel more important or better or elevated it's the same thing with a college logo uh same thing with a pizza parlor logo i mean it's uh yeah that's those other cool. columns of branding coming to life yep associations mm -hmm. brand archetype right like you could be really nerdy or it could be you know scientific it could be Whimsical, like there's so many ways, and that's why these, this understanding of what a brand really is and that it's not a logo is so valuable. You guys, I'm going to have you back. We're going to talk about community <laughs> <laughs> branding and organization, more like community outreach, I think, but sure. there's so much to this, and I really appreciate it. Cameron Nass from Traction Agency, Bruce Mackley uh, from Lansing Community College. We'll talk about your individual artistry another time. Oh, this was great. So, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. To listen to this and other episodes of Galaxy Forum, visit lccconnect.org, where you'll also find all the great LCC Connect programming. I want to mention Bruce has a podcast. Got to listen to it. Special thanks to our technical producer today, Dedalian Lowry, and to Andy Callis for composing our theme music. I'm Melissa Kaplan, and this is Galaxy Forum on LCC Connect. Sharing the voices of Lansing Community College. Visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Lansing Community College's Fresh Start program forgives outstanding student balances, allowing students to re-enroll without penalty. Fresh Start does not apply to student loan creditors. Learn more at lcc.edu slash fresh start. Ranger Station, Ranger speaking. Hi. I'd like to report a bear hug. Uh, okay. Well, before I left my campsite, I was putting out my fire, and out of nowhere, Smokey Bear showed up and hugged me? So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He likes it when people correctly put out their campfires. He's pretty big on wildfire prevention. He's just letting you know you did good with a uh, hug. He's a hugger. I just got a bear hug from Smokey Bear. <laughs> Status update! All right, I'm going to let you go now. I've got uh, a lot of uh, ranger stuff to do. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. We but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found within us. If we change ourselves, the tendencies in the world will also change. This paraphrased quote from Mahatma Gandhi is the basis of the program you are about to hear. I'm Dedalian, and this is Shining Stars. 
a program dedicated to searching out and bringing attention to individuals and organizations that are fostering positive change within our community and within our world. Today on Shining Stars, we're going to be talking about something that is very near and dear to us here at Lansing Community College. It is the Lansing Promise Scholarship. Since 2012, the Lansing Promise Scholarship has made it a goal to ensure that every eligible young person living and schooling within the Lansing School District boundaries has access to education and career training beyond high school. To explain this a little bit better... Joining me here in the studio are two individuals from the Lansing Promise Scholarship, Executive Director Justin Sheehan and Program and Donor Relations Associate Trakita Hicks. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you guys coming in to talk with me a little bit about the Lansing Promise Scholarship. This is something that I've heard about quite a bit around Lansing Community College, but I have never really had a chance to get to know myself. I was reading about the origins, of course, of Lansing Promise Scholarship and from my understanding, it sounds like it came from something known as the Promise Zone. Am I correct in understanding that? You, you are correct, and still remains. Okay. The, the goal is to keep it as complicated as possible, and, <laughs> and so that's what we do. Now, the, the quick and dirty is this. Uh, the Lansing Promise Scholarship was started uh, 2012, our very first scholarships given out, which means, in fact, that we just met with the uh, president and vice president of Everett's class of 2012 because they're having their first 10-year reunion. Okay. So our first set of scholars that we've ever funded are now 10 years out. That's awesome. Kicking butt, taking names, and building careers, right? Which actually is the reason that the Lansing Promise was started. So there was some legislation put in place mm -hmm. uh, in 2009, 2010 that talked about an innovative process and concept of creating 10 zones across the state uh, that all are essentially post-industrial. Right, that all have above average poverty rates and below average graduation rates. That what that I guess the theory behind it being what happens if every young person within a given area, in this case Lansing, right, but also Detroit and Flint and mm -hmm. Saginaw and Benton Harbor and Muskegon, right, if they're given an opportunity to at least ensure that they could have an associate's degree if they wanted one. Okay. Right. And so with within that um We've, we've always said that the Kalamazoo Promise, for those that have heard it maybe nationally, mm -hmm. um, was, was the model. That's true up to a point uh, in name. Uh, they had a few more zeros in the bank account than, okay. than we did. Uh, in the year that we spent $664,000 in what we call last dollar gap filling scholarships, which we thought was a big deal, uh, they spent $15 million. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a different game. But the reality is this. Our kids are at 92% uh, retention freshman year. That is awesome. Which is mind-blowing and nation-leading definitely and so what we know is how would we say it lansing promise was established to remove financial barriers to post-secondary success right for every kid that wants it mm -hmm. but the reality is it was it was built for something more right which is to ensure that every young person understands their inherent worth mm -hmm. and understands that there's a community that wants to walk with them and so 2012 uh, a concept called the zone authority is created by statute uh, put into place by the Lansing School District uh, as a tax increment financing district. Okay. Which is a real large word of saying it's a long-term sustainability plan mm -hmm. to ensure that as property values rise, um, a small portion of that is in fact set aside based on the district's decision uh, to invest and reinvest in scholarships. Okay. 
But as you may be aware, no one gives to some quasi-governmental organization called the Lansing Promise Zone Authority, <laughs> right? It was 11 board members, all appointed, all great, great folks. We have a handful of the original uh, cast still with us. But of course, we needed a nonprofit. And mm-hmm. so in 2012 as well, the nonprofit that is Lansing Promise Foundation was established. Okay. Lansing Promise Zone Authority and the Lansing Promise Foundation now operate hand in glove. They are essentially one organization, though technically two boards, which means we have a total of 30 board members. We make joint decisions. We have six board meetings a year in which we all operate together. Uh, and we all operate a very uh, simple mission that we believe in the inherent worth of every young person in this city. And we're going to invest accordingly. At this time, we invest in what we call place-based last-dollar scholarships for every kid that lives in schools within the Lansing School District boundaries. Awesome. And it's, I mean, it's got to be phenomenal to see it grow from what it was to what it is now. But not only that, see those first graduates come out of there and do what they're doing. That is, that is excellent. And to hear the, the, the percentages you've got there for the uh, graduation, um, you know, I I don't know if you can achieve a 100%, but you guys are definitely well on your way, right? We're not backing down. No, I know you're not. I wouldn't expect you to. I, I of course, briefly mentioned the goal of the Promise Scholarship at the top of the show, but uh, could you provide a little bit more detail on the overall mission of uh, Lansing Promise Scholarship? Yeah, sure. Um, just as you said before, um, we work to ensure that every eligible student within the Lansing School District boundaries um, has access to education and career training. Um, And in addition to that, we're partnering with individuals and organizations in the Lansing community to make sure that each young person in our community has a mentor Mm -hmm. to help them to and through school, um, career, and in life in general. Okay, so they, they all have some sort of mentor that, that they or that they work with? They will be. Um, okay. So we're bringing people to the table, some that are already doing this work, doing the groundwork. We're bringing them to a collective table um, okay. with other individuals and organizations um, to make sure that not just some of the students, but each one, not mm-hmm. just in high school, but, you know, the lower levels kind of already have that mentorship kind of thing going on. Um, but... We find that it's like the 18 to 24-year-olds mm-hmm. that are kind of being missed out. Okay. Um, so we're bringing some folks to the table to make sure that each of them um, has someone to help guide them through through life. Well, I can definitely see yeah. where that would be a key factor to helping out that success rate. I can tell you that when I was at that age, I probably would have loved to have had somebody. <laughs> and, and, and by any means, you know, I, it's not like That's I wasn't... Right. Uh, a good student I was, but to have that guidance there, that would have helped me out quite a bit. And especially when I first got into college and to kind of get an understanding of, I always joke about it because I, I, I am blown away that, you know, at that age, we have to try to decide what we're going to be for the rest of life. And I actually went to Michigan state university, I got an advertising degree and here I am in broadcasting that, you know, if I'd known back then, it's sort of, yeah, I guess it's got its uh, little points. (laughs) This show is a little bit different than most in that I like to try to highlight individuals and organizations, of course, creating positive change. But I also like to try to find that connection a lot of the times with the individuals that I'm talking with. And uh, Justin, I want you to give me your personal definition of the, of when I say the words positive change. Give me your personal definition and explain to me how you believe the Promise Scholarship fits within that definition. Hmm. 
So I think positive change, I think the first question we have to ask is, um, do we understand what status quo is, mm-hmm. right? And what does status quo do for our kids or to our kids? Uh, in other words, are we satisfied with the poverty rates in the city? Okay. Are we satisfied with the contact of juvenile justice system? Are we satisfied with graduation rates? Are we satisfied with kids feeling as though they have not only identity, but a sense of belonging in the classroom, on campus, and in the workplace? And then do we ultimately see families feeling connected, valued, and beloved? Okay. Right. These are kind of the pieces, sort of the definitions or characteristics that as we start thinking about sort of positive change, community change, and community generally, mm-hmm. uh, that we're really focusing on. Right. So, so as we look toward identity, we want to make sure that every young person in this city understands their inherent worth. Okay. Right. That the identity of I am either uh, college going or I am career going or I am skilled trades going or I'm going to become an entrepreneur and own my own business. Right. We want our young people to understand that there are opportunities available for them, that there is a community that really does want to walk with them. And tricky to point, as we build this out. Right. What, what's the rule of thumb? If it ain't messy, you ain't doing it right. <laughs> right. Especially when there's people involved. It's not going to be easy sure. to ensure that every young person has a mentor in this city. But there are hundreds of organizations working toward that end. Mm-hmm. Good. And we're going to work with all of them. Mm-hmm. Right. But but what happens when a young person begins to identify themselves, even as early as kindergarten, as a future promise scholar. Mm-hmm. Right. When they really have no idea what a scholarship means. Right. But the conversation begins to be had. The expectation begins to be set for success after high school. Okay. Right? So our young people, actually, uh, every student in the Lansing School District through seventh grade has uh, something called a Lansing Save account. Mm-hmm. Lansing Save account is a children's savings account. There's a handful of them across the country. There's more than 7,000 children's savings accounts in the district right now today, all set aside as funding that can be stacked on the Promise Scholarship for post-secondary activity, which means educational activity. Now, whether you have 10 bucks or 500 bucks in that account isn't the point. Mm-hmm. The point is that from kindergarten through 12th grade, our babies are already thinking about what success looks like after high school and that I have funding or financing waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Right Now, what happens if young people begin to understand that? What happens if their parents begin to understand it? Because let me just speak as a father of three in the district. I'm not going to set my kids up for something I don't think they can either attain or that I can afford to give them, all right? But here's the good news about all of this. If every young person has a children's savings account in their name that they can already use for educational expenses after high school, and if they live and attend within the district, Mm -hmm. then not only do they have an identity of becoming a future Promise Scholar, but that can be up to $10,000 in post-secondary assistance outside of or on top of state and federal aid. So the reality is our kids in Lansing right now today can have the identity of I am college going, I am career building after high school, and I can do it with zero debt outside our room and board mm-hmm. at LCC starting this fall. Yeah. It's a wild concept, right? But, but saturation points are important when we talk about identity because we also need a sense of belonging. Our young people need to understand not only their inherent worth, but that they belong in the classroom, working mm-hmm. hard, that they belong on campus. And so we want kids to see themselves on campus and we want kids to see people that look like them on campus, right? Sure. Rep- representation matters, yeah. Yeah. right? 
And so we want kids to not only see, but also to then experience and take ownership of their own futures. Mm. Right. And so that's belonging. And then finally, within all this positive change, we, we have to make sure that there's opportunity available. And that opportunity is, is of course, through LCC. It's through MSU. It's through Olivet. It's through Davenport University, at least through the promise as of this fall. It's also through, also through skilled trades programs. So whether that's at LCC, West Campus being a phenomenal jewel within this mm-hmm. city of skilled trades, but we've also got the unions and we've got various skilled trades programs, professional trades, where we've got kids coming out making more than I do right. with zero debt. That, that's called family raising money. Right. Right? Yeah. So, those, so some pieces toward, we, we can fight poverty all we want, but the reality is we need to short circuit the entire system. And to short circuit poverty, we have to fight towards something, right? Which is mm-hmm. identity, belonging, and opportunity for every kid in Lansing. Very good. And I, I love that you're talking about it from the perspective of, uh, you know, kindergarten on, on through. Um, it, it almost instills that belief yeah. and knowing ahead of time, because I can tell you again from my own personal experience, a, a different generation. Uh, I didn't come from a family that was able to support my educational. Right. Uh, journey, I had to pretty much do it on my own. And I did not come out of college without debt because I had plenty of debt. And it was one of those things where I I know if I had gotten to the other side and looking at no debt to face, my my perspective would have been a lot different. And I I might have actually tried a little harder to become an advertiser, actually. That's right. Uh, But my my whole focus was, hey, I got to keep it, keep, keep things moving. I got to keep paying the bills. So, well, and I didn't have any scholarships coming out. Right. Right. So, I mean, we're we're not building something that we were. I mean, I guess we're building something that we didn't have because Lord knows we needed it. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's scholarships. That's mentoring. Right. That's a community that cares. Right. Those are those are important pieces when it comes to positive change and and really affecting a community that we want to live in. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, You know, and what I've been talking about where I ended up going to MSU and getting a a degree in advertising and then turning around and realizing this isn't really what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, That is the reason that I ended up back at Lansing Community College. Now, Trakita, you have uh, attended Lansing Community College, but I always like to hear the stories. You know, that's kind of my personal story, but I like to hear other people's stories uh, and experiences with Lansing Community College. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I graduated high school in 2005 from uh, Lansing Everett um, and came to LCC to um, join the theater program. That was always kind of like my passion, being Mm -hmm. on the stage, becoming someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, with the help of Andy Callis, um, got in here fairly quickly um, and was going through the program. And then life just kind of took me in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Um, I won't get too personal, but I ended up leaving LCC before finishing um, and moved around a little bit and then came back. so now's the, the time where I'm getting ready to go back. Oh, looking um, to do it again. Looking to do uh-uh. it again. So um, fall of this year, fall 2022, um, I'll be getting back on the horse and finishing up a degree. Probably not in theater. No. Um, though I still love it. Yeah. Um, it's not really a strong passion anymore. What I found is that people are my passion. Um, and so it will probably be something along the lines of human services. Mm -hmm. Um, and it kind of goes along with the work that I'm doing now with the promise. 
Well, making, excellent. Making sure that kids have what they need. Well, that is cool. It's great that you were still able to find your passion, first of all, and then secondly, to be able to return and uh, do it again and yeah. see it. So welcome back Thank ahead you. of time. Thank you. <laughs> now, you were talking about how, you know, a lot of these recipients are uh, from kindergarten. Uh, do, do, do individuals come in to play later on at all? You know, as, as like, you know, let's say they weren't guided from kindergarten and, and they're in high school. Um, how do potential recipients who want to apply for the Lansing Promise Scholarship, where, where exactly do they start? Yeah, so, so eligibility is real simple. Okay. Uh, it's live, attend, and graduate from ninth through 12th grade. So as long as a student is within the Lansing School District boundaries, like lives within from ninth grade through 12th grade, and goes to a school, whether that's public, private, home, charter, or GED, mm-hmm. from ninth through 12th grade, uh, and they graduate from a school within the Lansing School District boundaries from ninth through 12th grade, uh, well, I guess they just graduate in 12th grade, don't they? <laughs> uh, then, then they're eligible. And then they have one of the, the following post-secondary institutions of LCC, MSU, Olivet, Davenport, and then skilled trades programs as they come online okay. one by one. Uh, the application process is pretty simple. They go to lansingpromise.org. They go to the apply button. And if they have a bad internet connection, it's five minutes. Okay. But it's just, just on senior year. Uh, the reality is we have college advisors, we have counselors, we have pathfinders, and then we have all of our post-secondary partners. Shout out to folks at LCC in particular mm. who really get in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, these uh, students, I call them kids often because, you know, I'm getting up there. But these great students, uh, senior year, are bombarded by FAFSA, mm. which is the free application for federal student aid. They are bombarded by applications. They are bombarded by the promise, as they should be, mm-hmm. because the reality is these are tools for success after high school, okay. right? And the more opportunities our kids take advantage of, right, with the more resources provided to them, the more successful they are every time. Very cool. I'm glad you threw the props out there for Lansing Community College. Uh, I am actually very proud of the fact that this is probably one of the most proactive educational institutions that I've ever been involved with, where they're very much about trying to help and make sure mm-hmm. students succeed every time mm-hmm. as, as much as they can. And I just love, you know, that the, 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 the instructors, the yeah. leadership, everybody is just so involved in trying to make sure that everybody's, that they succeed. And even if we weren't sitting in the radio studio <laughs> at LCC, we would still say it. Right. And, that, and that's important. That's important because LCC's earned it. It is. And, and you are right. Even if we were just hanging out, uh, right. you know, having a drink or something, we'd probably say the same thing. That's right. Uh, to make any endeavor, of course, like a Lansing Promise Scholarship a reality, it takes sponsors to make it happen. So take a moment to tell me a little bit about uh, a few of your current sponsors and what steps do potential sponsors uh, take to get involved? Uh, so, I mean, really, when we talk about sponsors, we do have events and things, but we've really seen them step into almost a partnership role mm-hmm. uh, over the last few years. So since uh, 2012, we've been raising funds, Okay, right? The vast majority of our funds have been privately raised, to your point, through corporate, private, and philanthropic donors. Uh, the simplest way to give is go to lansingpromise.org okay. and hit donate and give, whether you give uh, monthly, annually, single gift, shared stock. Uh, put us in your estate plan, whatever it is. So there's the simple plug. But the reality is I think we do need to shout out and recognize those who've been walking with us from the very beginning, mm-hmm. right? Organizations like AF Group, organizations like Dean Transportation and Delta Dental, 
in emergent biosolutions, organizations like MSU, FCU, mm-hmm. Jackson, uh, PNC. These organizations have not only invested significantly over the years, but have invested consistently. Mm-hmm. Right. And, that, and that's a big deal. That's a big deal. As we all may know, we went through a pandemic over the last couple of years. Really? That happened? Yeah. It, <laughs> it turns out the world paused. We used to have this thing called the promised dinner, which the good news is it's back again. Right. Yep. So a pretty unique event. We'll just say that. And that happens annually in June. Is that correct? It, well, this is the first time in June. Oh, okay. So, okay. so we will actually, we'll get to some details on that in a minute. And you will see every one of the names I just mentioned plus probably 50 or 60 more businesses. Okay. And why would we see 50 or 60 more? Because the reality is everyone has a vested interest in the future of our young people. And The Promise is a powerful avenue and venue to invest in that. So an investment in The Promise is more than just a scholarship. It's an investment in what we call readiness activities. Mm -hmm. It's investment in career engagement. It's investment in professional development. And it's investment in that identity, belonging, and opportunity. And so I think as we see these folks, for example, the Pentecost Foundation. Okay. If folks aren't familiar, just a great organization from around here. Or the Ari Olds Foundation, right? Ari Olds, Rio, Mm -hmm. right? So very Lansing-based. Both of them see the importance of education as a game changer, right? Uh, Every one of the organizations we've already mentioned sees education as a game changer, Right. And so what happens when there's an entire community that not only sees education as a game changer, but also in Chiquita's point about mentoring begins to become a professional mentor for our young mm-hmm. people. Right. The reality is that when I'm about to do an interview for some job somewhere the night before, I'm freaking out. Right. And I got to be able to call somebody and say, hey, I'm freaking out. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. And what, what can anybody who's been through this before say? I understand. I still do that to this day. That's exactly right. And it's going to be okay. And you're going to walk in and you might feel like you're faking it. Welcome to adulthood. Right. Right. Right? You just go in and give them your best shot. Okay. All right. All right. I feel like this job that I'm in, uh, I feel like I'm just faking it. I don't really know what I'm doing. And to which we say, "Uh uh-huh. Keep going. That's how we start. but, But if that's not normalized in our young people's lives, then you start feeling that and you feel like you're on your own. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so we want to begin to normalize sort of all of these pieces of professionalism and of education and of career development, because our kids are doing one of three things when they graduate. They're going into education, employment or entrepreneurship or a combination of those three things. Certainly. And so we want to make sure there are resources for every single one of those opportunities as our kids are ready for. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the dinner? We can. Chiquita, you want to talk about it for a minute? Yeah, sure. Um, So in the past, um, as many know, the dinner has been um, not so much focused, but it's been more driven toward having the donors um, in attendance. And we -hmm. would invite some um, scholars and some teachers, some current students and things like that. But this year, we are gearing more toward getting the community um, in attendance. Oh, very good. Um, often we have performers at the dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, so this year parents of the performers will be able to attend, um, as well as their siblings. Um, we're going to be inviting many more teachers in the district, um, to come and attend and be, um, recognizing them for their consistency and their dedication throughout the, this whole pandemic and throughout, you know, this year, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's going to be really good. 
much cool. more community um, community driven this year. Very so. cool. And again, if you want to find out the information on that, LansingPromise.org is the place to go. Uh, Justin, Trakita, I want to thank you both for coming in and talking with me about the Lansing Promise Scholarship. Thank you. Uh, like I said, this show's a little bit different in that I like to focus a little bit on positivity. So are you guys ready for the fun? This is going to be a little bit different because you, you guys are the first time that I've had two people in the studio. So this is going to be interesting to hear what your answer is for my final question. Uh, this is I'm, what I'm I ask. a little nervous. <laughs> what I ask every one of my uh, guests. If you had the ability to snap your fingers and put one thought in the collective consciousness of the entire human race at the same time, what would that hmm. thought be? Who wants to start that one off? <laughs> I won't say that's a hard question, but it's hard to just give one thing. Okay. If I had to pick one thing. Just one thing. I would focus it more toward our young people. Okay. Um, I, mean, I mean, as well as the... The old heads too, but um, <laughs> so I'm out. I'm out of your stack. <laughs> um, it's that you're you're worthy. Hmm. You're worthy of the desires that you have and the dreams that you have, um, and that it's not too late to go and pursue it at any time. So I like the answer. I am going to admit that, and I am going to say that old people need to hear that too. We do. Everybody we, yeah, does. We, Everybody yeah, needs to hear that absolutely. all the time. And I'm speaking kind of to myself too. I mean, reminding no, yourself reminding, that yes, yeah. I am worthy. I'm worth it. All right, Justin. That's good. What do you got? So I, th I think it it's very parallel. There's a statement that we make to our kids every time we see them, and uh, we usually have them yell it back, a little call and response, because mm -hmm. you know the goal is to get them rowdy. Right. And we say what you do matters mm -hmm. and who you are matters mm -hmm. and who you become matters. OK. All right. Which we, we have found is, is important. Right. About identity and belonging. Right. But there's always an important piece of it, too, that I think. So if that was in everyone's head, that's good. Mm -hmm. But there's a I think there's probably a second question I'd have to insert into their heads. So I know I'm changing the question, but the question is to who? Mm. Right, because every time we ask the question, it always gets quiet after we ask that question. So you you matter to, but to who? To who? Right, and so the the answer from our kids is often something to the effect of, my mom, my dad, my grandma, my brother, my sister, my cousins, my teachers, you. Right, they always because they eventually sure. realize that you're asking them a question, you actually care about them. But that concept of recognizing that you're not only valuable to yourself, which is important, but you are valuable to a community, mm -hmm. right? It, it changes the way that we look at each other. It changes the way that we interact. It changes the way that we handle ourselves and hold ourselves. And there's a lot of studies actually now talking about the impacts, even the small impacts of an adult smiling at a child, mm -hmm. oh. right? That, that maybe if the child's never met him yeah. or, or has. That a smile, let alone a handshake, let alone a high five, let alone fist bump, right? It's that acknowledgement of an adult spending time recognizing a child, right? I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. Excellent. Well, both wonderful answers. And actually, you are not the first person to answer and then also put a question in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming in, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 
Remember, we can all contribute something good to this world, no matter how big or small. A simple smile, a friendly gesture, that's all it takes to expand the power of positivity one inch further. I encourage you to find your shining star within by being the change you want to see. Thanks so much for listening to Shining Stars and, of course, sharing your time with me today. I'm Dedalian, and you can listen to this episode of Shining Stars On Demand along with other LCC Connect programs at lccconnect.org.